Hello, everyone. We're so glad that you are joining us for church today. I want to give a special shout out to all of our locations, Spring Creek, Stateline, joining us through Church Online, our Cape Coral family, who's actually gathering in person right now, our God Behind Bars family, and everyone who maybe is here for the first time. If that's you, we want to let you know that you are in the right place. Well, it's so hard to believe that we are already in the very last weekend of June. These last few months have been long and short all at the same time. Actually, last weekend, we celebrated Father's Day. And I remember all the way back in April when a meme came out. We're all living for the memes, right? And this meme said that we are going to be shelter in place for Mother's Day, and it's going to be lifted for Father's Day. And that is exactly what happened to some degree. Well, a few weeks ago, Pastor Jeremy and Jen spoke an incredible message called Our Burden to Build. Then last week, Pastor Brian Leek spoke the message, Their Burden to Share. And if you've missed either week, I want to encourage you to go back and to watch them incredibly helpful and timely messages. And this weekend, I want to build on those thoughts with a message that we're going to call His Burden to Carry or God's Burden to Carry. You know, the last few months have been extremely heavy, to say the least. There's been a lot of tension, there's been a lot of evil, there's been a lot of unknown, a lot of confusion, and a lot of need. And even last week, City First, we hosted multiple food distributions, feeding over 1,400 families, which is incredible. And why I was able to be there serving and distributing the food, I talked to a lot of different people, and they described how they were feeling, and they described this time in their life as the word overwhelming. They simply felt overwhelmed. And this statement isn't isolated just to those who are food insecure. It can't be narrowed down to one category of society. It seems that everybody that I talk to in their own way, due to some circumstance or situation or the pandemic that we find ourselves in, are simply feeling overwhelmed. And I'm sure that you can relate as well. You know, parents who are working from home with their kids are feeling overwhelmed. Those who are elderly or immunocompromised feel overwhelmed. Those who are suffering from an illness or a diagnosis and then on top of that are in a hospital by themselves, it's overwhelming. People are overwhelmed by relational fatigue. Divorce rate is at an all-time high. The financial need and employment need is overwhelming. Students and young adults who are used to operating in high social settings and now don't have that are feeling overwhelmed. You know, those who are usually preoccupied but currently have a lot of time on their hands. I've been talking to some friends and they're saying, I feel overwhelmed with temptation. I'm just home more. I have more time, less things to preoccupy myself. The businessman or woman who's pivoting constantly and navigating this season are feeling overwhelmed. And I think all of us are feeling a bit overstimulated and a bit overwhelmed with the constant onslaught of the news, the constant onslaught of social media, the nonstop information. It's coming at us so quickly, so rapidly. We don't even know how to process it or what to do with it. I think right now there is an overwhelming sense of overwhelmed in our nation and in our households. And that leaves us with the thought, how do I handle this? How do I carry this? How do I keep going like this? How long do I have to keep going like this? How do I navigate this? Simply put, what do I do? There is a heaviness right now. And I'm so grateful for our church and I'm so grateful for our senior pastors and for God and His Word that's providing us leadership and direction and how to navigate this difficult season. 
And today I want to share a passage that I think is going to encourage you. It's from the New Testament. It's the book of Mark, chapter 14. And in here we see a story that has Jesus at the center of it. Because right now, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you're carrying something heavy, I want to remind you of this, that you are not alone. Okay, take a breath. There's nothing wrong with you. You're going to be okay. And we say this all the time around here at City First, that it's okay to not be okay. And there's a lot of people who are not okay right now, and that's okay. Or maybe you do feel okay, but maybe tomorrow you won't. But we want to lean into the fact that, man, we're not navigating this by ourselves. And here's why, that we're about to see in this passage that even Jesus, all-powerful, perfect leader and forgiver of our lives, son of the living God, encountered times in his life where he was overwhelmed. We know that Jesus willingly went to a cross to pay for all the sin of all people for all time. And although he was willing, he still had to physically endure the pain accompanied with being crucified on a cross. When I think about my problems in light of what Jesus was facing, they start to diminish, don't they? But we're about to pick up in a time where in Jesus's life, where the time was coming near for him to walk to that cross. And he's in the famous Garden of Gethsemane. And this is what it says in Mark chapter 14, verses 33 through 35. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus says to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. You know, right here in this passage, we see Jesus in a very raw place which I think most of us are at as well. Maybe not externally, but internally. Maybe we feel like we're at a vulnerable, raw place. And Jesus uses these words, my soul is overwhelmed. You know, Jesus is thinking about what is before him, what's coming his way, what he must endure. And so he calls out to God and he says, I'm deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed. So right now, if life circumstances have you feeling troubled, overwhelmed, distressed, that I want you to know that Jesus has been through what you're going through. He's been through what you're going through. He can meet you where you're at right now. And feeling overwhelmed and carrying something heavy actually does not make you weak. It's an opportunity to depend on Jesus who makes us strong. In our weakness, we are made strong. And I don't know about you, but I find comfort in the fact that even Jesus himself experienced these things. He cried out to God saying, this is not what I want. This isn't what I want. It's heavy. And yet in the same breath, he says, but not my will, but your will be done. One of the many things I love about Jesus is he had the long view in mind. He had a greater perspective. Even though he was going through difficulty and trials and circumstances, he knew that it's not about me. It's not about now. It's not about how I feel. He knew that it was about God and it was about his people and about eternity. 
He had the long view in mind. He didn't let how we felt in the moment dictate the outcome that would happen for his life. And I want to encourage you today that the season you're in right now is just a season. It's just a chapter. It's just a part of the story that God is writing for you. This is not forever. May we have the long view like Jesus. It's not just about me. It's not just about now. It's not just about how I feel. But God is working out something beautiful even in these moments of hardship and trouble and feeling overwhelmed. And so we see Jesus, the Son of God, hand this heavy burden over to God, who's better positioned to carry it than anybody else. When I look back on the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 33 through 35, I see Jesus do three things that are so intentional. And I think that these are three keys to quit carrying burdens by ourselves. The first thing that Jesus does is he identifies where he's at. He doesn't just keep going. He doesn't pretend he's all good. He identifies and says, my soul is overwhelmed. The next thing that Jesus does is he includes some people with him. He includes some close, trusted friends. He says, come with me, pray with me, pray for me. Y'all, Jesus had a life group. He said, let's do this together. I'm identifying where I'm at, then I'm including people in my journey. Then the other thing that Jesus does here is he invites God into the middle of where he's at. He doesn't try to handle it all by himself. He invites God in. And so often as humans, we try to figure it all out by ourselves, right? We're like, I've got it. I can do this. But what I've learned is that we can't do it by ourselves. And we can't expect God to work things out if we haven't invited him in. And when we invite God in, we give him the opportunity to lead us, to guide us, and to lift our perspective. How incredible is that? Well, there's another individual in the Bible, this time in the Old Testament, that shared some similarities to Jesus in Mark chapter 14. And this individual, we actually find him in the Old Testament. His name is King David. And King David, in this passage we're about to read about, was carrying something heavy. And maybe over these past few months, you feel like you've been on an emotional roller coaster, right? You're like, we're all living normal life, and now we're sheltering in place, and now it's going to be lifted. Now it's not. Now we have to wear a mask. Now we don't. I'm working from home. Maybe you feel like you've been all over the place. Or maybe you don't feel like you've been on an emotional roller coaster, but somebody in your household has been on an emotional roller coaster. Don't look at them. Just stay right here, but you know, I haven't been on an emotional roller coaster, but maybe they've been on an emotional roller coaster. Well, if that is y'all, I want to let you know you're going to relate and you're going to resonate with King David. See, most of his psalms that he wrote in the Bible, they started off with, things are terrible. Things are not going well. Woe is me. Everyone's trying to kill me. Things are never going to work out. I'm never going to make it out of this. This is the worst time of my life. And then by the end of the psalms, we see King David. He's thanking God. He's worshiping God. He's praising God. He's loving his life. But anyways, I want to continue and I want to look at what King David says in the book of Psalm chapter 61. He writes this in verses 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. See, David was carrying something heavy here. He says that his heart was overwhelmed. 
David was overwhelmed, and yet we see that he was a successful man. He was a successful leader. He was somebody that was called a man after God's own heart. Do you know that being overwhelmed and being successful are not mutually exclusive, that you can be both? You know, David was a successful man, but yet he still had a heart that was heavy. And how does that work? You can be successful showing up at work, getting your job done. You can be showing up at work, keeping pace with your colleagues, getting done when you need to get done, showing up at home, providing for your family, being somewhat present, going through the motions of life, and yet still be overwhelmed. Your soul is overwhelmed. And so what does King David do? We see his response here is similar to Jesus's in Mark chapter 14. David identifies where he's at, my heart is overwhelmed, and then he invites God in. Now, I don't know where David's life group is at. Maybe if he had one, including some people on the journey, he would have saved some heartache. But he does identify where he's at, and then he invites God in. And a lot of times when our hearts or our souls are overwhelmed, we may not recognize it at first because we're going through the motions. And oftentimes we may be overwhelmed and we don't even know what to do about it. So instead of getting away with God, taking some inventory, praying that prayer, God search me, know my heart, is there any anxiousness inside of me? We end up not guarding our heart when it's heavy, but we usually let our guard down and let everything in. We kind of numb out. When we're overwhelmed, that's when we're normally gravitating towards scrolling on social media, binge watching Netflix or TikTok, which none of those things in themselves are bad, but when we're doing it as an escape, to the overwhelming soul that we feel is when we need to be aware. You know, maybe you feel overwhelmed and so you're working too much, drinking too much, talking too much, posting too much, shopping too much. Hello, Amazon Prime, right? We do this when our soul is overwhelmed and we don't know what to do about it. We let our guard down. And yet Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Another version of that verse says, Keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where your time with God is spent. That's what directs your thoughts and your life. And yet often we don't guard our heart, but we guard everything else. We guard our time, our reputation, our social media clout, our bank account, our feelings, our perspective, our opinions, our political views, who we're for, who we're against. We guard it all. And yet we forget to guard our heart which is where everything good flows from. But David recognizes my heart is overwhelmed and he wants to guard it. And we see King David do this. He identifies it's overwhelmed. He invites God in. And then he says, when I feel this way, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What does that mean? He's saying, lead me to you, God. When I feel this way, lead me to you, the rock that is higher than I. He's saying, God, you are above everything else. You are above it all. You're above the heartache. You're above the need. You're above the diagnosis. You're above the drama. You're above the fear. You're above the relational hardship. You're above the anxiety, above the worry, above the stress, the unknown, the evil, racial tension, loneliness, depression, Whatever it is, God is above. That which overwhelms me, God, you are above it. That which overwhelms you, God is higher. He's above it. There is no name higher than the name of Jesus. 
There is no one greater than Jesus, no one that has the ability to make a way and bring freedom in your life besides the name of Jesus. And David knows this, and that's why he cries out, when I feel this way, lead me above. I want to get higher. I want to get above it and not suck down into it. I want to get above it not sucked down into it. And man, as humans, our natural tendency is to get sucked down into all of the drama, what's swirling around us, what's swirling in us. We want to get sucked down into it in our natural human tendencies. And that's why David says, God, I need you to lift me above it and not suck down into it. And man, in order to do that, we need God's help. You know, I actually just wrapped up doing a personal study by Christine Kane called Overcoming Overwhelmed. And it was so helpful to me navigating this season. And one of the things that she shared in there is that in Psalm 61, the word overwhelmed in its original language that the Bible was written in, it's the word hatof. So overwhelmed in its original language in which the Bible was written was hatof. And it can mean to cover like with a garment. So it could read like this, Psalm 61, one and two, when my heart is covered, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. What an accurate word picture that that definition gives us. When we are overwhelmed, we often feel surrounded. We feel like the walls are closing in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. We can feel suffocated when we feel overwhelmed, like there is something covering us or pressing down on us. When the coronavirus first broke out, one of the symptoms was described as pressure in the chest and thousands of people were flocking to hospitals because they were feeling this pressure. Then articles were coming out saying, is the pressure people feeling really the Rona or is it a byproduct of the overwhelming stress that they're experiencing? One of my really good friends is a business owner and Adam and I were chatting with him and he had battled with anxiety well before the coronavirus. And so we gave him a call when all of this was breaking out and there's a lot of fear and worry and said, hey, how are you doing with everything? And he's a funny guy and he said, well, you know, now I'm just playing the fun mental game. Am I having a panic attack or do I have the coronavirus? Those are the questions that I'm asking myself every day because he was feeling so much pressure. And that's what happens when we feel overwhelmed. We feel pressed down. We can feel covered, surrounded, even like we can't breathe. And if you think about that word picture that when we're overwhelmed, it's like a garment covering us. I want you to think about a heavy blanket want you to think about a heavy garment or a heavy cloak. If that heavy piece of cloth was placed completely over you from your head to your toes, all that you could see was what is surrounding you, what is covering you. You would feel the weight of it and that's all that you could see right in front of you. In fact, you would be blind to anything else, only being able to see that which is right in front of you, that which is covering you. And wouldn't the enemy want it that way? that all that you can see, all that you can see around you is the problems, the stress, what's overwhelming you, that you would be blind to the joys of life, that you would be blind to the goodness of God, the promises of God, that you will be blind to the needs of others in your family, in your marriage, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your church. The enemy wants you to be so overwhelmed that you can't be awake to the ways of Jesus, the will of Jesus. He wants you to be consumed with the heaviness that you're carrying right now so that it is all that you can see. And that's why David cries out to God and says, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm under a heavy garment, would you lead me up to the high rock, a place that is higher 
than I. Take what is consuming me, blinding me, covering me, and by the power and the authority of Jesus, lift it off of me. By the power and authority of Jesus, take that which is covering me and lift it off. Lift off the depression, lift off the anxiety, lift off the fear, the addiction, insecurity, confusion, the stress, lift it off of me. And you might say, man, Lisa, I want that, to have that heaviness lifted off of me. But how do I do that? How do I, how do I do that? How do I live that out right now? Well, I'm so glad that you asked, and I want to encourage you today. Here's the good news. It's not just up to you. You know, we're designed to be in relationship with God, a partnership, where we do our part of handing over the heavy burden, and then God does his part of lifting it out of our hands and giving us a lightness where there was a heaviness. You know, there's a verse in John 16, and it's Jesus talking. And he says, in this world, you will have trouble. Okay, there's a period there. In this world, you will have trouble. And I know we're all like, thanks so much, Jesus. Really encouraging. And you didn't even need to say that because I see trouble all around us. In this world, you will have trouble. The good news is the verse doesn't end there. It goes on to say, but take heart. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart heart, and some of you need to hear that today, that you need to take heart, that you need to be encouraged. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, have hope, stay encouraged, keep looking up. Why? Because Jesus ends that by saying, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. That's the power of Jesus. In this world, you have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And if Jesus has overcome the world, then he can certainly overcome whatever is overwhelming you. God loves you. He sees you. He cares about you. He cares about what you care about. And he wants to lift that burden off of you. So our job is to stick close with Jesus, to live life with him, to follow him, to keep showing up at church in groups, talking with people so that we can be near to Jesus. And when we're close to him, when we're close to Jesus, we'll realize that he lifts the heavy burdens that we've been carrying, that he has made a way for us. You know, I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. And yet I freely receive all that God has for me. You know, I grew up in the great state of Ohio, Go Buckeyes. Pastor Chris knows what I'm talking about. Later to move to Illinois and meet my husband, who happens to be a Michigan fan. So in our household, we are a house divided when it comes to sports. Pray for us. But growing up in Ohio, I grew up in a large city, and my dad actually had a really cool job. He worked for a large paper. He's a seasoned journalist. And through my elementary, middle school, high school years, my dad was a music critic. So his job was to show up at venues, and in our city we had small venues, really large venues, everything in between. He would show up at venues, and he was paid to review what a band's performance was. How was the band? How was the experience? And that's what he was paid to do. So in my middle school years, I just thought this was the best thing ever. Dad, take me to all the shows, whatever was popular there. Backstreet Boys, I don't know, the good Britney Spears. Dad, take me to these shows with you. And he would take me to the shows. And we would have an awesome experience. And it was so fun, and I loved it. Until I got into my high school years, where I wanted to still go see a lot of shows, but not really with my dad, you know? So I had my license, and me and my friends, we would get in the car, and we would drive to these venues, and we'd show up. So excited to go see his band, but one thing where there was one problem, we'd show up and I didn't have a ticket. 
And another problem, I didn't have any money. So I would end up coming up to the, you know, to the show and say, hey, I'm trying to get in while well, the show's sold out. Or you need to buy a ticket. Well, I don't have money. I don't have a ticket. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. But then I would say, hey, maybe you know my dad, David. David, from the paper, they would say, everybody loved my dad. Not only was a nice guy, but they wanted a good review. So I'd say, yeah, David is my dad. Well, we didn't know that you were David's girl. Come on in. They would get us great tickets. They would get us backstage access. They gave us a VIP treatment. Now, I look back at that season, and I think a couple of things. One, I owe my dad an apology. Uh, sorry, Dad, if you're watching right now. I shouldn't have done that. I hope I didn't get you in any trouble at work. And then the second thing is this. When I look back at that season, man, I didn't have the authority. I didn't have the position. I didn't have the resources to receive the access that I did. But I knew the one who did. I was my dad's daughter, and that made a way for me. And do you know that once we decide to follow Jesus, we are called his sons and daughters. We are grafted into the family of God. And that gives us access to things that we would never have access to in our own means. You know, you and I, we're not the source of joy and happiness and peace and provision, healing or freedom, but you and I have complete access to the one who is. Because of Jesus, we have access to God and everything that he desires to give us. And that doesn't mean that when you hand over the burden that you're carrying to, to God, that everything is awesome and that it's all of a sudden presto magic, rainbow and sunshine. But it does mean that even though maybe you're carrying some of the same situations, the way that you carry it changes. You're not consumed under that covering of heaviness anymore, but it's lifted off of you and that there is a lightness to it in Jesus' name. That's what happens when we say, God, I want to partner with you. So if you're carrying something heavy right now, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel weighed down, if you feel anxious about things that are going on, I want to speak to you right now and remind you that you were never designed to carry the heavy things of life on your own. You're meant to do it in partnership with Jesus. And listen, I think that you are amazing. If you're watching right now, I think you're awesome. I think that you are stronger than what you know and more capable than what you give yourself credit for that there is an amazing thing inside of you. And yet, if Jesus Christ, the son of a living God, cried out to God and said, I need your help, I'm overwhelmed, then how much more do we need to do the same? And so I wanna revisit the three things that we talked about earlier, three ways to quit carrying your own burdens. And I wanna encourage you this week to take some time by yourself, just you and God, you know, you can actually turn off your cell phone for 10 minutes. It's possible to do it. You can tuck away in a quiet place, go for a walk by yourself, but just carve out a little bit of space with you and God and just be, just be still before Him. And I want you to do these three things. The first thing is I want you to just identify. Take some time and identify where you're really at. Where are you at? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? What are you going through right now? Are you distant from God? Are you discouraged? Are you worn out? take a minute and say, this is where I'm at. We saw Jesus do that. You know, we can't address what we don't identify. So we wanna take a couple minutes and just identify where we're at and let the Holy Spirit address that. The second thing is include somebody. You know I'm gonna say this, but are you in a life group? If not, get in one. If you don't know where to start, let us know. We'll help you find one. Maybe you're already in a group or you're serving on a team at City First then find one person or two people who are trusted people who are gonna to help to point you back to Jesus, pray with you, 
pray for you and let them know where you're at. I was talking to a friend this week and they said, man, I regret not including a friend on my journey. It would have saved me a lot of the trouble that I find myself in right now. There's power when we come together. Pastor Ryan said it last week about life groups, that when we're in a group, our sorrows are divided and our joys are multiplied. So find somebody you can include on where you're at. And then the last thing is this, invite God into where you're at. Don't try to do this on your own, invite God in. Sometimes throughout my day, I invite God in a hundred different times. God, I invite you into this moment right now. God, I invite you into this problem right now. God, I invite you into my home right now. I just invite God in exactly where I'm at. Say, God, you're welcome here. I don't wanna expect you to work out what I haven't invited you into. So let's be people who invite God in and watch how he begins to lift the heavy burdens that we've been carrying. And in just a moment, I wanna close our time and pray for everybody who's joining us today. Uh, but before I do that, I wanna take a moment and speak to anybody who's joining us who's never made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. If you've never made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, then hopefully today is your day. And if you still have questions, that's okay. Just keep joining us for church and it's our prayer that every question that you have is answered. But if you're ready, to say, I acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on a cross and rose again, overcoming all of my sin, overcoming everything and giving me a new life. And we wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. And I'll start the prayer and you just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus. Thank you that He died on the cross for my sins. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Today, I choose to make Him the leader and the forgiver of my life. Thank you for a brand new start. Amen. Man, if you made that decision, that is the best decision that you will ever make. And we're going to help you with the what's next in just a moment. But congratulations. Today is your day, a brand new start. And for everybody else, I'd love to say a prayer for us as we wrap up our time together. And let's just hand over everything that we're carrying to God. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are higher, greater, and above all things. We thank you that there is nothing too big for you, not one problem we're facing you can't intervene in, solve, do a miracle in. And so we ask that you would do that, God. I pray for all of my friends who are feeling heavy, carrying something that's overwhelming them. May you lift it off of them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for your supernatural strength. We love you, we honor you today, and in your name, amen. Thank you, City First Church, for joining us today. We love you so much.